What up, y'all? It's your host, Mentor Mel, aka Melanie McFadden, here to talk about some cool stuff again. Um, so I just watched this documentary. It is called American Murderer: The Family Next Door. So I am. I like to like really analyze things, and it's not even like a. It's not a job. For, it's not a job basically I don't get paid for this but I do enjoy really analyzing how people move what they say when they say it you know their actions all that stuff because it really paints the picture more of the why behind the do's so first and foremost we're just gonna put the disclaimer in there this is obviously a very tragic thing that happened to this family so, you know, much respect to the family. And I don't mean any type of ill will behind whatever said in this podcast episode. With that disclaimer. Okay. So. When you first watch this episode or this, this documentary, you know, it, it, you already know what happens, right? Is Everyone's heard of this story in America. So this happened in Colorado. Um, like we, we know the entire spiel because we've basically experienced it. If you're not, if you're not young, <laughs> we're talking like this was in 2018. Yeah. So it was only a couple years ago. They show it from a perspective of, you know, Facebook posts, all that good stuff. Um, showing the family, all the family, um, the kids, the husband, you know, the the in-laws, all of that, right? They show the full spectrum. So you really do see what it was like being in that family or being a Facebook friend to that family, right? I also want to tie this into how dangerous people-pleasing can actually be because there's a lot of people-pleasing that has gone on in this relationship that has spiraled completely out of control. When I tell you people pleasing is one of the biggest, biggest, biggest life skills that you have got to manage. You cannot live your life pleasing other people. I'm going to say that again. You cannot live your life pleasing other people. You have got to live for you. With that being said, with these Facebook posts that Shanann was like putting out family videos, like basically it was her family real. And her Facebook may have been the type that where it was just close, close family. And if it's that, then I understand. It's just like, cool. You know, people that are not, you know, local to you. So I, I if it, it was used like that, then, you know, that may negate some of the things that I'm saying, but now it's out to the world. But the image that was painted of the family, you know, was very happy-go-lucky, you know, these are my kids, they're growing up, they're so smart, you know, we're having a great relationship with in-laws, this, that, and the, all, of, all of that great stuff that was showcased, that social media itself showcases, is, um, can really paint a certain picture to people. So they're never going to look for red flags because, hey, to the social media world, this looks like a great functioning family. But little do we know, there's turmoil 
in the background like like internal turmoil on both parts right this is like the really big huge ginormous any other words that describe large issue with social media there are things that are plain as day in your face that you would never see as being an issue so when you do post these things on social media you do open up your world to the masses for opinions for their thoughts for you know whatever you're not doing correctly so you really got to be a strong person to present your entire family on social media i also i just i personally don't agree with posting your family on social media to the degree at which she did um maybe she used it as a photo album or an album which you could but again it depends on how she was using the page it really when you when you put stuff out there for the world to see you're really like kicking your front doors open to say hey anybody can come on in and gather information that you will of my situation but yeah to the world and when I say the world, whoever had access to her Facebook page, it looked like the perfect American family that, you know, the quote unquote American dream that is built off of, you know, the wife, the husband, two kids, a house, a dog, like I say two and a half kids now. Um, but you, you paint that picture. And I feel like to some degree, it was definitely maintaining that image too or why she would post all of this stuff so let's dive into the relationship right so within the relationship i feel like there were secrets because neither person felt comfortable speaking fully to the other person one person didn't like confrontation. The other person was, I'm sorry, I'm Mr. I'm sorry. So when you don't like confrontation and you're not, you're going to, you're just going to, you know, put a bandaid on the situation. It's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. You know, like just kind of pass it off. And when you are, when you are Mr. I'm sorry, you're basically doing the same thing just with different jargon, right? So over time, this is just going to build up. Like there's no, there's nowhere else for all this tension to go but to explode is it's like a volcano the volcano is really nice from far away but eventually it's gonna erupt like and when i say erupt it's gonna blow all right so i feel like because they both equally possess this people pleasing trait to such a high degree now it's one thing to be a people pleaser to the outside world but to be a people pleaser within your relationship is very detrimental. You can't talk openly because you both want to minimize the situation as much as possible. But sometimes you really just got to, you really got to talk it out. The fact that they had no other tools to talk out their issues, but, oh, I'm sorry, this will never happen again. Or, you know, I don't even want to bring it up type deal. It's a problem. It's a huge problem. I feel like they both felt trapped in this whole situation. 
Crescent particularly felt trapped to a degree where because he he's such a he's such a liar. He lies about everything, right? Because I feel like he's never felt like he could tell the truth. I feel like he's grown up as a child that could not tell the truth because of repercussions. And I feel like he did not want to deal with the repercussions. So he lied literally to the very end. And he still did not tell the entire truth. How are you going to put the death of your kids on your dead wife? I digress. Whatever. Um, mix that with somebody who doesn't want to confront you on your lies. Right? This, this relationship combination was not at all a good combination, obviously. But people got to start being able to see the cues when they come. So I'm pretty sure in his, like, dating whatever i'm pretty sure he he might have fluffed up a couple times um but honestly i feel to where she would have seen it but i feel like when he came into play he came in at a very vulnerable time for her so she was not as sharp as she probably once was and narcissists have a really good tactic about getting you in very vulnerable times. So they get you at weak moments. And I feel like he preyed on her. But then I feel like he felt trapped. Like he got her. Now nah, I got her. And you know, at that point I feel he was he was up to like two forty five. He was a heavier boy at one point. And he lost all his weight. So he got his he got his glow up later on. And you know, when you get your glow up, you start getting attention. So as he's developing more into the person that I guess he really wanted to be, now it's like, well, I got this situation. What am I going to do about it? Normal people just divorce, but not this guy. He's like, nah, I got to get rid of him. And then, you know, when there's always female encouragement, I wouldn't even say it's encouragement because she actually did. She was not, this was not. She had no part in this. But from the very beginning, when he started talking to the girl, I don't even know the girl's name, the girlfriend, he stated to her that he was going through a separation or going through a separation and then, you know, that leads to divorce. She, um, so she thought it was on the outs. But again, this dude is such a liar, a liar, a liar to where he could not tell the truth about anything. And again, we're going to mix that with somebody who does not want to confront the liar. So again, they could do whatever. And then when she would leave for weeks at a time, that was, that was playtime for him. He was free. He had a taste of life without them. And that's what he wanted again. I don't know where in his world he thought, hey, if I get rid of them, I can live my life, be with my girlfriends, that and the other. Um, sir, nobody going to believe the fact that your whole family disappeared and they just going to be missing and you just going to live life. They got family members that are looking for them and will continue to look for them until they are found because there's nothing like a mother looking for their child 
or a father looking for their child, they do not stop. So I don't know where he thought he would get away from this, but, or maybe he was just that much of a narcissist to think that he could get away from it. Oh, I just like, you know, I smile. I do the, the, the dad crying scheme, you know, all of that stuff. And everything will go back to normal. Nope. That's not how the world works. But back to the topic of people pleasing. <laughs> people pleasing is one of the biggest issues that I feel like we all go through at some point. Um, some people are a little bit more defiant in objecting against it. I feel like if you start objecting against it when you're younger, you're actually going to fare better in the long run. Saying no does not mean you're a bad person. It just, you just, you're just not in the mood for it. I myself even struggle with like saying no sometimes. Cause I'm like, you know, when, when you care for somebody, you'd be like, Hey, well, you know, I'm really not in the mood, but I guess I'll just go ahead and do it. You know, that type of behavior can slowly progress into more. Like you could start doing that more and with anybody. So you really got to, it's all about checks and balances. Like you, you have to, you got to know where your limit is. And you got to, you have to be strong enough in the person that you are to, to state that. And a lot of people or people that, that are people pleasers, um, they don't feel stable in saying that because somewhere along the line, they learn the I'm sorry tactic calms people down. So then that way you don't have to deal with the backlash. They learn that not addressing confrontation, you know, makes everyone still remain happy when really it's like a volcano and it's going to erupt violently, explosively. Like it's going to clear out everything in its path. The reason there's no trees around volcanoes is because it, it, it destroys everything. It's not like a mountain. You know, mountains are pretty. They got trees along them, sometimes some snow. A volcano? It's, it's, it looks like tar. It's very depressing if you actually look at it. Um, the, the combination of the two people in this documentary is, is a very bad combination in terms of relationship. That's why uh, a lot of times you have to make sure to not just look on what's happening on, on to the outside world. You really got to go within and figure out, you know, your triggers, things that you, you should, when you're with your partner, you should feel comfortable a thousand percent to speak how you want, when you want, say whatever you want and know that that person is there to support you. They got your back, all that stuff. Also, you got to remember to respect that person to to the, the utmost degree. You, the person that you're with, you should value their opinion more than anything else. Not go by it, but just just their opinion should, should weigh a little bit more than anybody else's. Um, but you don't have to go to the point where you are going to be mute or you're going to just appease the situation because. So... Please master that people-pleasing life skill. Start in small doses. They got this, uh, start saying no. It's actually like self-care. 
it's really so it's a form of self-care when you start saying no that is you caring about you first which you should do you should do that it is a requirement actually for you to do that to be in any relationship you got to love yourself period self-love is the best love and i'm not trying to pull quotes absolute facts you cannot feel love unless you know what love is and when you know what love is because you love yourself all right so people pleasing calm it down eliminate it if you can if you can't balance it put you first simple as that as always guys i always try to keep these short ish remember to put you first even in marriages you're not being selfish you're actually keeping your mental health stable so you're able to support your family and be there for your kids and or husband slash wife or just say partner life partner there you go um as always y'all be good wear a mask be safe so we can be done with covid please This is your host, Mentor Mel, a.k.a. Melanie McFadden, signing off.